Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado, that's what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm going to just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer. Joining me, Worldwide Wob, Rob Perez. Rob, are you excited about going to Chicago in February? It's been a while for the two of us, hasn't it? It's been a while. It's good to be back. I'm excited for it. I'm also excited to be joining you uh, in Chicago for All-Star Weekend. We'll be uh, providing all sorts of awesome content for the Action Network. Make sure to follow along on our social handle at Action Network HQ. Uh, make sure to follow us on our individual handles, which you should because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who both of us are on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Make sure to check it out. Also, make sure to keep track of everything going on with All-Star Weekend using our awesome Action Network app. Download it wherever you get your applications as they're called. The kids call them applications, Rob. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, they'll be available. There'll be all sorts of uh, awesome stuff from us, uh, breakdowns that we're going to do on this podcast in even more detail. What is the one thing that you are most excited about for All-Star Weekend? From a fan standpoint, I think the three-point contest will be the best event again. Um, I'm actually excited that the dunk contest has legitimate dunkers this year. I mean, Derek, if you haven't seen Derek Jones Jr. dunk in the game, and the fact that he's got Aaron Gordon as his competition this year is enough for me to like get excited again. And I feel like we do this every year with the dunk contest. It's like, all right, this is the one. I swear it's the one. But all it takes is that Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon dunk contest, and it's the greatest of all time, and you're set for the next 10 years. I think there's potential there with Derrick Jones Jr. just because he's going to take off one day and just never come back down. He's <laughs> going to keep going through the roof. Like He's got that type of bunnies. I'm definitely not excited about the new All-Star Game format it was even a stretch doing like team captains here. We were starting to, starting to approach NHL territory. And then we decided to the TBT tournament style of bet. what sport are we playing at this point? I don't know how the game even finishes and I'm obsessed with the NBA. So that's a problem that I'm confused and I'm sure everyone else will be too once the game is ending. So not okay with that. And to answer your question about the journalism portion of it, I actually really enjoy media day for some reason. It's chaotic. There are thousands of reporters there who are shoving each other and like sticking cameras in people's faces being very rude. But I, I like the challenge of trying to accomplish a story by talking to these guys uh, amongst the masses. And it's always nice seeing people from other teams and other parts of the country and the world too. So media day is hectic. It's loud, but it does provide some pretty great content if, uh, if you know what you're doing. I think the thing I like about media availability is it's the one day of the year where the media is in a bad mood and the players are in a really good mood. It's the <laughs> one year where it's swapped. One time a year where it's swapped where the media is like, I'm in this place and I'm at, there's all like, I have to take buses and everything's a mess and there's all these people and I can't, and I'm under all the stress to try and get some sort of great content from all-star weekend. And the players are just like, this is awesome. I don't have to play. There's no practice. I'm not playing the Bucks on the Tuesday. This is great. I just get to chill. This is awesome. Like everybody's in a good mood. I'm around all these elite players. There's all these great parties. Like everybody, all the players I've ever talked to at all-star are always in fantastic moods. Like, 
even like Russell Westbrook is always in a pretty good mood for him at these things. <laughs> the um, one of the problems, by the way, is media day for both rising stars and the, the actual all-stars themselves. It starts at 9.15 in the morning. That is early when you're out all night at these so-called parties that you're discussing. That comes rather quickly. So you better, whatever your consumption is, can be a problem. And when you wake it up at eight o'clock to get to a minor league gym. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> you know what minor league gym means? Minor league Wi-Fi, by the way. Yeah. So when you're, yeah. everyone's cutting videos, trying to upload to their editors, and the Wi-Fi stinks in these minor league arenas, it's a problem. It's stressful. So if they're listening to this, just know we're dealing with minor league Wi-Fi. I'm always impressed that there aren't more security issues. I'm not like not to be that guy, but like there's so many people that are basically like, dropping very expensive equipment in this in the corners of these rooms uh, for like all star availability. It's always in the hotel, and it's like there's so many people and there's badges, which of course helps. And the NBA always has like a noticeable but not like overt security presence. But it's just like I'm all I'm always thinking like man, if you like really planned it, you could like make off with just loot. You could loot this thing like a video game. So chaotic. And yeah, like people just dump bags and like $10,000 cameras on a chair. And then they go <laughs> running around trying to get content. But it's just like amongst all the, the journalists there, the people covering the media, no one's going to take your stuff, but you're right. Like what's just stopping someone from just cleaning out a row of six figures worth of camera equipment? I don't know. Is the availability public again? So they did a good job with that last year, actually, I thought, because in Charlotte, they had the, it was at the minor league, I think the hockey team in Charlotte, yeah. and down on the rink was where the media day was happening, and in the stands, it was far enough away that, like, these these fans couldn't, like, be overwhelming on top of the action, couldn't, like, run down the stairs and, like, get through. So if they do it, if, if they're, like, far enough away that they cheer when they see LeBron and Giannis, it's a pretty cool atmosphere for that as long as again security is up to par yeah um all right so let's actually get into the events and let's let's talk a little bit about each one we're going to start with the saturday night events we're going to skip rising stars uh because as much as i think it'll be fun like every year i'm like it'd be fun to bet on that game it's not fun to bet on that game it's just not it's just, there's nothing entertaining like I, I there are times when i remember Kyrie and brandon knight got into it like they were going back and forth a little bit and i thought that that was really entertaining um, there are all these little moments that are good and like Zion may do something insane, but, uh, overall I, I like usually play. Yeah. I like play. Um, <laughs> I usually find, I usually find, um, rising stars to be a bit of a miss, but let's start with three point. I think that's the, the best I'm agree. I'm with you. This is the best competition of the weekend. Um, to run down the participants, uh, Davis Bertons, Devonte Graham, Joe, Joe Harris, last year's winner, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Duncan Robinson, and Trey Young. We don't have odds on these yet, but we can talk about them because we know kind of like who the favorites are going to be. Like the favorites are probably going to be close to the top is going to be Harris since he won last year, Trey Young since he's going to get the most public money, Lillard, um, and Lillard. Lillard's probably going to get a lot of that as well. Uh, who do you like? It, let's let's say that you want to take like a three-person position. Uh, which three would you take? Okay, so even before I get to my answer, we need to remind the audience listening to this that, again, they changed the format of something <laughs> that probably didn't need to be changed. Now they're adding the – is it? it's not a four-point rack, but they're adding extra balls from like 30-something feet away uh, from the rim. So there are money balls still but there's an extra rack with, with some more time. So if you are one of these deep three-point shooters that is really good at shooting 
30-plus three-pointers, I'm looking at you, Trey Young, and Damian Lillard, this is going to favor them significantly because those are like layups for those guys. And Damian Lillard is shooting like 60% from threes over 30 feet, more, at least more than 30 feet in the past during the streak that he's on. So the, he's going to make up a lot of ground even if he doesn't do well on the standard racks. But, but, big but, my biggest position, as I've been stating all season, is not on either of those guys. And I don't care about the 30-plus racks because the most underrated 30-plus three-point shooter in the NBA is finally – he should have been in the three-point contest last year. He wasn't. And God bless Joe Harris. Uh, but Joe Harris is lucky he wasn't because he was even better at these last year. And it's Davis Bertans. Bertans is a walking bucket. And the ball doesn't even hit the net when it goes through. Like, I, I don't even need to take a position on any other dudes. I'll take Devontae Graham just because he's like an action net, network friend of the program. And I don't know how he's going to do since he's not dribbling. Like he's, It's catch and shoot versus he gets to dribble first, which is going to be a problem. But Davis Bertans should without a doubt be the overwhelming heavy favorite, and he won't be. So I'm going to be big and long on Davis Bertans. There's no other way. Like anyone that's – unless you've watched Wizards games this year, he is so good that the Wizards were holding him at the trade deadline for two first-round picks. Marcus Morris got a late first and an early second, and they said Davis Bertans only two mid-first-round picks. Oh, by the way, he's a free agent at the end of the season. That's how good he is. This dude does not miss, Matt. Please back me up on this. Oh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not taking him this year for a number of reasons. One, he's had some injury issues. Two, he's playing a lot more on ball this year because Scott Brooks has somehow become a genius offensively. Like all these years of us being like Scott Brooks is a terrible coach. He has one of the best offenses in terms of the actual design in the NBA this year. And a lot of it is like how they use Bertons. They're just running insane stuff on every single play. It's really awesome to watch. Um, but I also just think that there'll be better value other places. So, but I'm with like last year, Bertons was the best jump shooter in the NBA. Like the, the best for minimum attempts, he was the guy that made the most. Um, he is absolutely deadly. I do agree that he has the range. He also has like the volume component. Like that's a really strong pick. Um, and he's I'm catch and shoot too. Don't yeah, forget. Like yeah, when he and catches he's catch and shoots shoot. without dribbling, he's, it's all net. So uh, I actually pulled from Synergy Sports their catch and shoot numbers. I actually have them available because that's how much research I did for this all-star podcast. Um, Bertans is at 42.7% on catch and shoot this season, which is a little bit down from last year. My three-man position starts with a guy that is number one amongst these competitors in that category, and that is the Miami Heat's Duncan Robinson. Uh, that guy also, bucket, just bucket. His shooting form is so freaking Pure, and he's really good in that Miami system. This is one thing I pay attention to. He's really good at coming off of handoffs. And the reason I think that's notable is when you're picking up balls from the rack, you're not always going to pick it up in the same motion as you like. It's not the same as catching and shooting. Like that's what I've learned throughout the years of doing this so much. You need to have guys that are able to basically pick up the ball from sideways and then be able to go into their shooting motion and. Duncan Robinson is excellent in that category on catch and shoot this year. Duncan Robinson is 45%, 45% shooting just absurd. So I'll take Duncan Robinson as my top. Uh, the second guy I'm taking is our guy, Devonte Graham. The reason is Devonte still is top 10 in made three pointers and assists this year. 
the volume on made ones is where I care about here. I just want a guy that over and over and over and over and over again can just shoot, 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 shoot. Now, obviously, we know Dame can do that, and there's no blitz in order to just completely negate him, which nobody seems to be doing, which is infuriating, by the way. I love this field. Like, Buddy Heald's another one where he can just shoot and shoot and shoot. I think I'm going to get really good odds on Devontae because he's going to be probably the longest odds because nobody knows who he is. Right, any place so, for Charlotte. Right, any place for Charlotte. So nobody's going to be looking at him. Zach Levine I wondered about just because of the hometown thing, but yeah, I really just think that he's so irritated about not making the all-star team that he's just going to be like, I don't know what he's going to give. I don't know what Zach Levine's going to give after he didn't make all-star. So that I'll take the pressure usually doesn't help. Right. When you I'll take home crowd like cheering it, you on. Exactly. I'll take Duncan mm-hmm. Robinson. I'll take Devonte Graham. And my third one is going to be Trey young because of that extra ball rack. Like Trey, I think might have le- like legit intentions to go into this all-star game and really just like try and win the weekend. Like there are guys that try and win the weekend. I think Trey Young, with how far the Hawks are out of the playoff race, that might be his thing is to try and come in and really win the weekend. He's he Trey Young's also like he's forty five percent on uh, on catch and shoot as well. He's nuts. He never shoots them because he's always on ball. We know he can shoot from anywhere. We know he can adjust his shooting form. So I feel really good with even though I like Bertans as well. I'll take Devonte because of the numbers that I think I'm going to get on Devonte. Duncan Robinson and Trey Young. Now, if Bertans comes out and for some reason he's getting like really long odds, I might swap him in for Devonte. Okay, so I want to agree with you on Trey that Damian Lillard did this actually a couple of years ago. If you remember that he wanted to win the weekend, I don't know if that was the year that he was snubbed, but he did like the skills challenge and he was in the three point contest and he just like wanted to plant his flag on I'm a star and you guys messed up by not putting me on this damn team. You feel like Trey Young is on the team, but he has the opportunity to do skills, three-point, and potentially win an MVP because he's a starter in the game as well. So you're right that, like, I play on the Atlanta Hawks. This is kind of the Super Bowl in terms of attention on me, and I'm going to make the most out of this weekend. And I remember interviewing him last year. Uh, We had a one-on-one in Charlotte, and he was not upset, not irate, but – he was a little salty that he wasn't considered uh, for that team. That's the same way I think Doncic was at the time. Um, and I think he's going to take that out on this weekend. So I agree with you there. The thing with Duncan Robinson is I worry that he has too much of a windup. Like he's wet, but I don't like how he winds up his shot. Yeah. It just takes a lot of effort and time. And time is of the essence in a three-point contest, as is effort, because you're in that same motion. And you could get tired. Like, Davis Bertans, Lillard, they just flick the ball. Like, even Buddy Heald, they just flick the thing. And I've always chosen flickers over, like, beautiful form, uh, perfect technique and things like that. Because the time um, is on them. Yeah, that's a good point. But the ball touches Bertans' hands. It reminds me of Clay Thompson. It's like, wait, when did did he shoot it? You're just watching the ball go towards the net. He's just got that type of skill. Um, I'm going to make you actually do the skill contest. And so you just have to live with it because we're doing the skill contest. Um, Bam Adebayo, Patrick Beverly, Spencer Dinwiddie, Shea Gilgis-Alexander replacing Derrick Rose, Chris Middleton, Damana Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, and Jason Tatum. Uh, I'll go first. And I'm going to – let's do a, a two-man for this one because I think the, the odds will be pretty even. Um, I like Shea. I actually like Shea a lot in this competition. I think he's got the most complete package. He's fast enough to be able to rip up the court. I think his time is probably – he's going to be able to absolutely loop ahead of, of the guys up against. Um, I think he's, he's quick enough. I don't 
Like they loved, they included the bigs cause they thought it'd be fun, but I don't necessarily know that the, like, I don't love Sabonis in this spot uh, for a number of reasons. I just don't think his passing is that targeted. Like he's not that good of a, of a passer in terms of placement. Um, I don't love his three point shooting, all of these things. Don't love Bam for the same reasons. So like I'll take Shea Gildas Alexander and I'm actually gonna take Patrick Beverly. Because Bev goes hard in these things. He's, he did that a couple of years ago, too. Like, he just goes hard in these competitions. Um, so I like Beverly a lot in the spot, too. I'll take two guards, Pat Bev and Shea Gilgis. Didn't, didn't big guys win this the past couple of years, though? I think so. Well, I think so. Uh, did Jokic win? I can't remember if Jokic won or not. I feel like Chris Bosh won something. Maybe that was like one of those uh, half-court competitions or something. But I swear, big guys continue to win, like, these skills-related things. And they're long shots, too, because people assume he's a big guy. He won't be able to be as fast as some of these guards. And they win this because, like, you're right in every aspect of what you just said, but none of it matters because all, like, all that matters in a skills competition is making that three-pointer at the end. If you make the three-pointer on your first shot, you're going to win the damn thing. No matter right. how fast you pass the ball or right. dribble through the cones, it comes down to the three-point shot. That's why I'm taking Chris Middleton because he's probably going to have the longest odds of a guy who's not a point guard. I'm not so worried about him passing a ball through a circle hole or dribbling through whatever obstacles there are out there, but he's as wet of a three-point shooter as anybody in this competition, and he's going to pay out on top of it. My guy's Chris Middleton here. So the last couple of years, uh, Tatum, Dinwiddie won in 18, Porzingis won in 17, Towns won in 16, and Pat Bev won in 2015. So that's kind of like the, the history. So you had Porzingis and Towns who won, but the last few years have been a guard and a wing. Tatum, so you got like a lot of returning winners here in terms of Pat Bev has won it, uh, Tatum has won it, um, and Lillard's not in, and he's in the three-point contest. But and Dim, and group. So like there's three winners, guys that have won this competition in this one. I don't – like the problem is this is always the one where whoever just goes the hardest – that, that can you're right that makes the three matters if you can go hard and make the three that's the thing because so many guys are just like oh I'm just gonna kind of dance through this and there's always like one dude that's like I'm going to tear this competition's head off like I want to win the skills competition um by the way with the NBA with the WNBA getting more popular in the last couple of years this is the time to bring back uh, uh, shooting stars this is the absolute time to bring back shooting stars yeah um they need to get back in on that. That's a, that's a mistake that they killed that competition. Uh, all right. The, so the, the headline of the night, even though we agree that three points better, slam dunk competition, Pat Connaughton from Milwaukee, Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and Derek Jones Jr. I think we're probably in alignment on what the betting position on this should be when the numbers come out. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we're both leaning Derek Jones Jr. Yep. But Aaron Gordon is going to be favored and is going to be favored yep. for a reason because this is about judges. This is like boxing. Yep. Like things are not fair. So because things are not fair, the whole world knows Aaron Gordon was robbed against Zach Levine. He wasn't robbed because he was outdumped. He just got outscored uh, in a situation for, that just cost him it for some reason. So narratives come into play here like they do with the MVP of voter fatigue. But in this case, it's the complete opposite that all Aaron Gordon has to do is put the ball through the hoop, and chances are he's probably going to win because these judges remember what happened a couple years ago. I mean, Derek Jones Jr. has done this in the past, but now that he's back on the national stage and he's an even better dunker than he was the first time around, it's really hard to put into words just how high and violent and if he has any sort of originality with his dunks, I think he's good enough that 
people will just look at you like you you're, you won't hear oohs and ahs. You'll hear silence, dead silence on a Derrick Jones Jr. dunk when he jumps on top of the backboard, does a 360 coming off of it, and lands on his feet like he's Simone Biles at the U.S. Olympics. Like, that's, he has that type of ability. And I'm almost afraid that Aaron Gordon emptied the clip in the, the slam dunk contest right. against Zach Levine. Like, how right. many dunks does he have left? He dunked for us for like an hour straight. Are there any dunks left? It's like jokes on Twitter. All the jokes have been said. It's just how you remix them without looking like plagiarism at this point because someone has said it before you. So I worry about Aaron Gordon's just creativity because I never have to worry about it with Derek Jones. Yeah, so I don't know what Connaughton could do that would actually be able – like Connaughton's a great dunker. That's why he's in the competition. He's a legit Billy great Boyle. dunker. I don't know what he can do that's legit going to get the judges' attention. Like you can't – like you can do like an homage to Muggsy. I will say this, like, okay, we're in Chicago, right? What are the odds that somebody tries – that somebody tries the Jordan? Like, what are the odds? Pretty, pretty high, right? You better nail it. Yeah, you better. You have to. The other thing is we're going to see a Kobe homage. Like, that's going to happen too. And so that's going to be the question is, like, who goes for that attempt too? Like, who, who goes for the Kobe, the Kobe homage in theirs? Because that's – Oh, my God. Imagine yep. messing that up. Oh, my I know, God. I know. That's the thing you have to, have to factor in here is, like, I want to know, like, I actually hope they won't, but I want someone, a book, to provide us with who's going to get the lowest score because I want to take Dwight because I'm just like <laughs> – Oh, God. Yeah. He's going like, to try – he was the one that was going to bring Kobe into his act. Yeah. So, and he's yeah. on the Lakers now currently. He probably has the most pressure yeah. to do something, something in homage of Kobe. Yeah. And like, I, that's, I, if you met, like, it would be very Dwight to miss it. It would be very Dwight to go for all that and then miss it. Um, even though, like, I'm not anti Dwight, I'm just saying, like, in the course of his career, like, that would be like another thing of, like, remember the one he did this thing? So, I, I, I don't love Dwight's chances here um, at this point. I also am very curious about Dwight at his age with a, a history of back problems doing this competition. I'm just like, oh boy, seriously, but buddy, buddy, I don't the guy know, can man. barely get off the ground, man. I mean, he's so, been playing well, but geez, he is a shadow of his old self athletically. I agree with you that Aaron Gordon's going to be up against the ghost of himself, and that's going to be a problem. Um, here's the only thing with Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. is the kind of dunker that I love, which is you mentioned it. He's violent. I love violent dunkers. Those are the guys I like best. The guys that just want to rip the rim off. However. Yes. Translating to the dunk contest is usually pretty difficult because even if you exhibit a high velocity, that just never really captures the judge's imagination because of how staged this event is. They want to see something that's super quote unquote cool. It can't just be like an, a hyper violent dunk with like, you can't pull off like a super violent East Bay funk dunk and then and get it. It's not going to work. Um, you, that's why Aaron Gordon was a perfect combination because he had such elevation. Now that's the counters. Like, he and Aaron Gordon have the highest elevation, so I think that they have the best chances of being able to stay in the air to complete the dunk. So that's why if you're going to take it, like I'm probably just going to go Derek Jones Jr. heavy and then hedge on Gordon. Um, those are the two that I think we agree, though, that we like the best. Well, staying in the air allows you to do things in the air, acts, right. as in like spins yep. and 360s and windmills. So you have to have verticality to win this thing because that's the only way you can be original. Now, Derek Jones Jr. has such athleticism and such violence to his dunks that I could legitimately see him taking – he may go for behind the, the free throw line. I'm not even kidding. You talked about someone doing a Jordan. I think he could go from behind the free throw line. He's almost done it during actual real games. 
I, I wouldn't put it past him in terms of athleticism to make it because he's long enough. He's got the hops. He's got every like his wingspan. I think he can take off from a legitimate foot and a half behind the line. And I don't know if it'll get the appreciation that it deserves, but that's the dunk that like he could save to win it in Chicago doing the Jordan. Oh, by the way, I did it a foot behind him. That's how you pay homage to Michael Jordan. The one most underrated part about this, by the way, is we're, we're kind of writing off Pat Connaughton, and I hope it's not for obvious reasons. I love Billy Hoyle to death, but Sidney Dean would have a very particular line to say here. Pat Connaughton almost set the record for standing vertical leap at the yeah, combine. He can leap. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of funny jokes on Twitter. Okay, I, I may even participate in a couple of them. But do not let that distract you from the fact that Pat can dunk and Pat, most importantly, can jump. And because yeah. you can jump for the reasons that we just discussed, he will be in contention. I don't think he'll win. But he will put up a good show. So that's maybe like the reason to, if, you, if you're looking at it, like that might be a reason to take him. It's just to be like, look, content's light. He's not going to try and do too much. He's going to complete his dunks. He's got the elevation to complete them, and he's going to pull off his dunks. Like he's going to know what he's doing going in, and he's going to be able to pull them off versus either Aaron Gordon or Derrick Jones Jr. may try too much. Like they may try and go so over the top that it just doesn't work versus content. I don't think he's going to go for any sort of like Dwight's going to use props. That's his way in. Um, it's the Hamadou Diallo strategy of just get a dunk in, be yeah. a leader in the clubhouse, and let everyone else make bogeys. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that might be the reason to consider content. If you want to take, like, you could take one of either Derek Jones Jr. or Aaron Gordon and then Connaughton. Um, if Dwight wins this thing, it's a massive upset and credit to him. I just can't, I can't talk myself into it through any paradigm. Like, even if he pulls off the most, the greatest Kobe homage. I just don't know if the judges are going to reward him in a way that's going to get over. Like if Aaron Gordon just does anything, anything that he's capable of, right. um, it's hard to see him beating him out. Um, let's go Sunday. All right. So Le- team LeBron, uh, I'm not doing celebrity game, by the way, that I have limits there. I have a limit to, to uh, my dignity. They're low. The limit, limits are very low, but I'm not doing the celebrity game. Team LeBron, LeBron, 80, Kawhi, Luca, Harden, Dame, Ben Simmons, uh, Joker, Tatum, uh, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Sabonis. Uh, team Giannis is Giannis, Embiid, Siakam, Kemba, Trey, Chris, Bam, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. I actually like the way that Giannis's team is constructed a little bit more. Um, I think it makes a little bit more sense. LeBron's team is obviously better. So, all right. On paper. Let- yeah, so let's try and, and get a sense for this. First off, do we feel like like if there's a team that's ahead after three and they got to get to the 24, right? Let's say that Giannis's team is up by like seven after three quarters because uh, I think they have a little bit better depth, right? Is there a team that if they're down, you like them to be able to get above into the 24? Absolutely not because this is an exhibition game where they don't even try for the, the first three quarters. So trying to predict who's going to be in front is just crazy, at least in my mind. So I, I've always found success in just like blind betting underdogs because like you, you didn't think they cared in the 90s or the 2000s. My God, like <laughs> where we progressed to at this point, they were trying alley-oops bouncing off the floor last year. Right. And like they were just setting up the Dwayne Wade LeBron photo shoot for the, the alley-oop so they could do that before. Like, th- those are the things that happen in all-star games. But ultimately, the game does have to finish at some point, and there needs to be a winner. I still don't even know, like, technically what these rules are. Like, <laughs> at some point, they're going to they're gonna stop, turn off a clock, and they're going to both play to a certain score, and that's how we're going to determine a winner. And if we're doing this based on, like, 
who's going to win based on just the rosters. I guess you could say the guys on Giannis's team may want this more because yeah. everyone's an all-star, honestly. Right. There's no, like, good or bad players on – like, even Sabonis is a, good, a really good player and he was picked dead last. So my point here is Giannis's team just feels like when I look at the names on that list that – they may rally around him. Let's just win to prove that we can win. Yeah. Versus LeBron's guys are like, we've been here so many times. Yep. Do we even care about winning this game? And we've seen, to the NBA's credit, that the players do try at the end of the fourth quarter. It does turn into an actual game. Uh, I'm going to roll with Giannis because I know I'm getting uh, – everyone's going to be betting Team LeBron. I'm going to get some extra juice and some extra points on everything just because the entire internet thinks Team Giannis is a terrible draft picker. That right there is enough reason to bet Team Giannis. <laughs> We're talking about an exhibition game that isn't even basketball. It's a new right. sport. Right. How are you not just blind betting all everything with a plus sign in front of it? It's an exhibition, for so, the love of God. My ideal situation, I, I'll tell you what I'm probably going to do. I'm probably going to live bet Team Giannis in the fourth, no matter what. If they're down, they have Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton. I have a lot of, and Giannis, so I have a lot of faith in them being able to come back from whatever the deficit is and reach the 24 quickly, and this is a much better defensive squad. So if we're going to reach the part of the game where they're actually trying to play defense, it's going to be that fourth quarter, and I'm going to like those starters a lot more. I'm going to like Giannis and Bede, Siakam, Kemba, and, and, and Trey a lot more than I'm going to like uh, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Luka, Harden. Like, Harden's not going to play defense. He never plays defense. He's certainly not going to play it here when he's hung over from Saturday night. Like, right. Kawhi's not going to try. Kawhi doesn't try in the regular season. So, like, he's going to be confused as to why he's even playing. AD, not going to try. Can't take a body in the All-Star game. He can't take a body in the regular season. LeBron, here's the thing. LeBron might just be like, we're not losing this in the Kobe Memorial game. He does do that a lot. He just decides, like, we're winning. And then he turns up the gas in the yeah. fourth quarter like he has in years past, and he rallies the team around him. But, and then all of a sudden the game is tied. <laughs> but the one player on both of these rosters that at least had like a really personal relationship with Kobe was Trey. Not to use this as like a betting angle. I'm just saying like we talked about Trey, right? Like Trey I think is going to try and win the weekend. That's why I actually kind of like I'm going to be looking at Trey for MVP because he's going to get enough assists, right? Like he's going to throw sick, insane bounce passes and lobs throughout the course of it. He's probably going to rack up double-digit assists, and he's going to be, like, with nobody guarding him, he's going to shoot enough to be able to get those minutes. Like, he's going to play because he's a starter, and then he's going to throw a lob to Siakam and Giannis, and I feel like there's a really good chance that Trey tries to win the weekend. So, like, I, I really like Trey's chances for MVP here. Well, that, my friend, is called a segue in the business um, because Trey Young is one of my two MVP picks, for the reasons you just stated. I think he's going to try and win the weekend. And most importantly, he's going to have the ball in his hands. He's a point guard. In when you're picking MVPs for an exhibition game, you need usage because everyone's going to be putting up ridiculous stats. So Trey Young uh, will have, because he's also a starter and he'll be out there at the end, he probably will have the ball in his hands, honestly, most out of any player that's in the game. And when he starts showing off those 45-footers, if he gets a couple to go, that there may be enough just for the, the voters to, to give him MVP if you just like goes into inferno mode like he, he has the ability to do that and you need if you're going to pick an MVP it's got to be someone that can ooh and ah the crowd because that's how votes are delivered and because of that every single year and I've been rewarded once in the past I just blind bet Russell Westbrook because for some reason he treats this like game seven of the finals right. and he does not stop dribbling demanding the ball going to the rim trying to rip the rim off and wear it like a hat everyone's looking at him like dude just slow down for like, we, we don't care that much. 
He doesn't care. He just goes and goes and goes and goes. And whatever you think about Russell Westbrook as a regular season player or just a player in general, I swear to you, if you bet on him to win MVP, you will feel like you are winning the entire time. He should have won it last year too. It was real close. And he just doesn't – because he doesn't stop, man. He doesn't stop. And he's going to put up a massive triple-double because he, he only sees red. He doesn't see an opponent. He sees prey. That's why Russell Westbrook always gets my money in these things. Yeah, uh, I think it's not bad, but I don't know he's going to play enough, right? And so I think for me, it's like I'm going to go ahead and take Trey. And then on, on Team LeBron, I'll probably wind up taking AD because of the simple, like, I'm better kind of category of like there's there's times when the game when the guys that are trying don't find a rhythm and the other guys that are better kind of don't try don't try as much and like LeBron's going to pace himself to a certain degree we'll see what he does he may go all out like LeBron's not a bad one here right for the legacy pick uh, but I think AD there's a chance that he just like all of a sudden you look up and it's like oh he's got 35 points and he had like two highlight plays and then like that's enough to win MVP so, like, I don't think AD is a bad pick here either. So I'll probably go that direction. I can't see Kawhi putting it in. I can't see Luka with the way that he plays. Look at Well, Luka's a maybe on my board. But right now, I think I'm definitely taking Trey off of Team Giannis. And uh, I'm going to either take AD or Luka on the other end of it. Tough one. I don't know if I can go down that road with, like, AD is just not going to play. Maybe. Is he? But that, that's a, see, that's a good question. Is like, he may not want – but – you know he's good. He'll Dude, want to play in this. Native glass, man. Yeah, but he hasn't. Th- he hasn't realized it. Like it's the thing. He's like he doesn't. He doesn't protect himself. I- I'll give him credit on that. Like he tries. He's just like he gets hurt, but he, he tries and then he gets hurt and he has to leave and then he wants to come back and he plays. Like, well, isn't that- Vogel coaching? It would. It, it, yeah, but Vogel's also not going to protect him because because AD's going to be like, no, I want to play. It's it's it, like I I don't like again I don't like using this in, in a betting context, but it has to be part of like we're going to discuss what's going to happen. Like this is the Kobe game. Like yeah. this is the Kobe game, right? Right, and like, yeah, you're right. Th- th- that changes a lot of the dynamics here because you're of right. like it's good. Like, there's going to be tributes and the whole like it's going to be the whole thing is about Kobe, and that's just right. like the reality of it. And that's going to shape, I think, a lot of what players, players are mindsets and yeah, players' mindsets. And and like this is one that people are going to remember because it's the Kobe game. And if right. people are going to remember it, they'll try more versus like Charlotte, where it's like uh, the. It was that all-star game in Charlotte. Do you remember? No. Like, I, hey, I love Charlotte. Fine city. Enjoy spending time there. But, like, like this one is going to feel different. There are all-star games that feel different. New York felt different. Dallas felt a little bit different. It was, that was a big year, honestly. Dallas felt really big. There's all the, there are certain all-star games that feel really big. Like, next year in Indiana probably will not. Cleveland in 2022 will not. The next time it's in Los Angeles, it will feel pretty big. Like, two years ago in L.A., Two years ago in LA, it didn't feel that big because the Lakers were so bad. So it, right. it, there was like you need the Lakers to be good for the LA one to, to work. That's kind of the the differential there. Do you have any parting? Do you have any parting thoughts on All Star Weekend? The the Kobe is just Kobe being such a uh, consistent uh, message and tribute throughout the weekend. I, I hope it doesn't open up old wounds for people or you know myself. Just some people probably got some closure just because of time and. You know, the, the waterworks are going to be flowing there because the tributes are going to be extensive. But it should be because of that, it should be hopefully a good weekend of basketball. And ultimately, that's why we're watching is to see these guys perform at their best abilities. So maybe we'll get some motivated players out there and ultimately that'll make for better entertainment.
I'm excited for the, there, there's always a few surprises. There's always a few moments where it's like a guy, a guy takes the opportunity to step, step on the bigger stage, whether it's rising stars, even though it's rising stars Jewelers. or Saturday or Saturday yeah. night. Some guys really are like, they take, they take pride and they don't get like, there's such a, a sense sometimes of the NBA of like, it's cool to not care that I really appreciate it when guys are like, no man, like, I don't get this every night. Like, I'm not a player that people are tuning in for. Like, I don't get talked about on Inside the NBA. Like, this is a, an opportunity for me. I want to get on the stage. I like it when guys on All-Star Weekend want to get on the stage um, of national television, not like in various establishments that will make lots of money in Chicago this weekend. Don't do that because you'll get escorted <laughs> out by security. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be also prop betting the hardened unders just, just as a head. Now, look, Harden's a pro at this. He knows how to manage it because – I've seen the man be the only one at voluntary shoot-arounds for the Rockets the morning after. I'm very confident, based off of social media rumblings, that he was enjoying himself the night before. The dude's a pro. The guy knows how to go to work when things are not going his way in terms of, of the dog. What's um, the strip club rankings in Chicago? Do we know I, compared to other cities? Is it a top? They may not be, like, the best, but they're probably, like, if you go, you go hard. Like I would imagine in the Chicago ones are not like, like Austin strip clubs. That is not the same this? thing. How do you know this? Well, I, it's actually not from personal experience of going. <laughs> I promise you. I had to work in the industry a long time ago. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's get a, Let's keep the podcast going and tell these stories. No, no, no. Did not work. It didn't. I have never worked for an establishment. Proud of that? Like did not. But I used to work in, uh, in the service industry. I ran, I ran poker games in bars and restaurants. Mm, so yeah. like in Austin, Texas, like I learned more about the industry of all bars and restaurants and clubs than I really ever wanted to. I have Sounds like strip poker. I have a lot of, that's not a thing, sir. <laughs> I object to this. But anyway, I will just say that I feel like Harden, I'm going to probably be betting the Harden under on a lot of these situations. I feel like Harden, as good of a pro as he is, might be really hurting from whatever it is that he chooses to do on Saturday. Who knows? He could stay home with a nice book. Maybe he's reading Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> you know, only time will tell, my friend. Only time will tell. All right. We will talk to you again next time with another edition of the NBA version of the Action Network podcast. Make sure to check out everything throughout the week. We'll have a complete XFL betting preview on Thursday. Uh, the college basketball preview on Friday with Stucky. Make sure to check out all of our great stuff. Rate, review, and subscribe. Download the Action Network app. For Rob Perez, I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us on the Action Network podcast. We're finished talking.